bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. Entrepreneurship Tuesday on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is powered by We Energies, energy you can depend on. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. And uh, we have a guest in the studio for Entrepreneurship Tuesday. It's every fourth Tuesday of the month. And so we're here and we show up and we want to show you black entrepreneurs, business owners, people in the city of Milwaukee that are doing great things. And so today I'm excited because I've been to this place and um, Five Points Art Gallery and Studio. Now, I would go through this whole litany because I'll take up the whole 30 minutes that we're going to talk, right? But I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you about Five Points Art Gallery and Studios, which is located at 3514 Northport, Washington Avenue. Fatima. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm good. So so you own an art gallery. And when most people think about it, we know of black artists, but we don't really think locally about black artists. And so I, I took the liberty a few years ago of, of visiting your um, gallery and I wasn't impressed. I was astounded because of the the beauty of, you know how sometimes people say it's a, it's a black art gallery, but it's, it's black or it's black owned. And you have black art, which was so phenomenal to see the richness of the culture in your gallery. What what made you want to start an art gallery? Um, it was happenstance. I'm an artist, too. And so I used to travel a lot pre Five Points Art Gallery and, and I would meet a lot of different artists and um, their works were phenomenal but I would also get directed to go to more um, traditional white owned art spaces right. and I didn't see those works that I was seeing and meeting with other people and then inter interacting and interfacing with some of those um, directors or 
gallery owners, it right. was just dismissal, dismissal, dismissal. And the question was, how do you, how does the quality art, the talent that I'm meeting and seeing, who they're struggling to get visibility, but the work is good. How do they get um, that platform? How do they get the right. access? And so um, I started like grounds up doing my own pop-up shows. And then when I got the opportunity to get a live home workspace, um, that's what the five points, um, you know, graduated to. That's what it became. And then I wanted to share that, that resource and mm-hmm. provide like a very um, legitimate respected space, but it didn't have to operate exactly how, um, the other spaces that I was visiting and giving the people that I met opportunities to to put themselves on and, and collaborate and we, you know, network across just more than Milwaukee. It's national mm-hmm. and international artists that I've shown, too. And so you've got a show coming up this Friday um, and, and it's going to open and then it's going to run through August 27th. And that's the This Is America. So you've got some artists on here that I've known of but that I don't know if the general public really knows about them. You know, Daryl Melvin Payne, um, uh, Kamika Patton, uh, Nia Wilson, Trey Miles, Rhonda Gray. You know, you have some people here that people know, but I don't know if people know they're artists, right? right? Or they think they're artists, but do they understand the caliber of artists they are? And so you have a lot of really good quality artists that are going to be at this particular thing. Why This Is America? Um, well, this is actually a fifth rendition of This Is America. Um, I know people um, coined the phrase back to, um, what's his name's rap song, but it's not. It was based off my um, me traveling and actually going abroad. And people are like, this is what's going on over there. I'm like, that's America. So I'm like, while we're here, this is America. So this is the stories that we tell and we're, mm-hmm. we're doing the storytelling through visual arts or performing arts or whatever kind of um, creative platform within a space. And so that's why this is America. And um, the show is only for artists of color. Um, so not just black, but the whole gamut. And they can talk about um, whatever they want mm-hmm. because our experiences aren't monolithic. Right. And it doesn't have to you know, render any red, white, and blue or patriotism or anti. It's literally whatever you, you perceive America perceive, to be. Or whatever your experience is. Our experience is more than just pain. Um, there are like very subtle cultural nuances that certain demographics will come into the gallery and be like, yes, mm-hmm. that's me. Or that reminds me of such and such, my grandmother right. or my sister or my brother. And then somebody will read it as like, oh, you know, what are they doing? And so it's a way to inform and teach about about how we live through whatever the popular narrative that's being pushed in media to and letting the artists take control over those narratives. And they also introduce and teach is it, visual arts. Is, is it OK for people to be patriotic as well? Yeah, it, it literally, yeah, whatever you the, want. OK. Um, I mean, we've had some stuff that are red, white and blue, but it. But we, it's but it's their rendition. It's and that's their rendition. The beauty of it, and you'll you'll is, see okay. um, representational yeah. art. You'll see abstract art. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see photography, three D sculpture, art by self taught artists, art by formally trained or you know academic artists. So it really is the whole gamut. I mean, wearable art. It it's yeah. not yeah. 
put in a box is not a narrow experience. So, I mean, there will be something for everyone. And if, if nothing else, you will learn about how many different art practices and ways to render art and how many people are doing it and doing it with quality, like you said. You know, historically, my my first um, entry into college was through art and architecture. Okay. And so for me, buildings are more the thing that I like when I take pictures, I end up taking pictures of buildings. I end up looking at, you know, being drawn to, you know, structures and how they're built and how they're designed and those types of things. As an artist, what is what is your personal uh, preference when it comes to art? You mean what I gravitate to if I buy art or what I make myself? All of the above. <laughs> so one, what you were saying is there is that art form. There are people who take, mm-hmm. photo- you know, our photographers and they like structure right. and then they find like an abstract or maybe like a literal and they find beauty in that landscape. But um, I am a self-taught artist, so I I have gravitated more towards abstract leaning work. I never felt the need to have the most staunch image presented to me. Right. Like, I don't need the picture. Of, I used to see a lot of Tupacs or this is Biggie and all this stuff. I don't need to see that. I love them. I love their music. But I don't need to see, like, um, perfect, perfect portraiture. Right. But I have the gamut of that. I buy portraiture. I buy photography. I like sculptures because I don't really sculpt that well in my my mind. I like fiber art. I really like just texture textures and okay. textile um so then so then where do you put your art my personal you've given art, me like four five different but that, one that's what you will see in the space because so. there's that many different you know ways to produce and right. render art and but i you like had to pick one I can't. You have to. I can't. It's my I, show. You got to pick I can't. Because even as an artist, I produce all this different types of art. I do abstract and I work with mm-hmm. plaster and then oil and acrylic paint. I've done photography. So what drives that? Let, 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 me, let me take it from a different point of view. What drives your your creation, your creativity? It's, I guess it's twofold. I'm very exploratory and I'm very um, ah, tactile. So I like okay. to work with the materials. I'm, ah. I like to be challenged by the materials. Okay. I can tell you um, like watercolor is like my least favorite <laughs> type. Of, you're not, you're not a it's pastel. too gentle. You're not yeah. into pastel. Well, when and... I was younger, when we were younger, my mom would buy this, these kits with pastels. With Yep, in the circle. And you, and you wasn't, can, that wasn't you, huh? I did like pastel because you can press down on it and it'll give you like this thick texture where you'll just run through it really quickly. Right. And so I like that. I like body work. I like heavy. If it is pastel, like mm-hmm. it builds up off the canvas. So I like a lot of color. I like a lot of texture. I like um, a lot of texture and contrast. Right. And so. Which is w- the light and dark and the, light the and feel dark. of it. Mm-hmm. The, okay. And like this movement, even if it's. So it is one. No, because you can you can see it in different forms. And, uh, no, no, a- a- absolutely. Yeah. But, but it's it's the texture, the be the ability to be tactile and to be able to touch it, and and not emotionally feel, but literally feel. Some of some of my work is emotional. Some of it is mm-hmm. fueled by like social issues, and I'm like enough. Right. And so I put it into the work. Some of my later works. Um, um, I live next to a liquor store and. I pick up litter every day and I'm like, I have to do something with this. And I try to give it to the city. And I made some like couture fashion 
outfits out of the the trash. Wow. And it was my way of documenting, like, no, I have this much litter collected, and I'm going to present it to the city. Hopefully, they'll buy it, you know, support the arts. And There you go. <laughs> but it's a way to, like, again, tell a story and, like, document and then um, also, you know, recycle, too. And so where where can we... Where can we find your passion? Like your you you've you decided that I'm tired of all this and I need to just do my own thing, right? Where where where's the intersection when 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 we come back from break? What's the intersection of of wanting to create but then giving others the space to create too? And also, when we come back, I want to talk about that little incident that happened in Madison. Oh, okay. All right. We'll be right back. Entrepreneurship Tuesday, powered by We Energies. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. My guest, Fatima, is the creator, entrepreneur, artist of Five Points Art Gallery and Studios. We'll be right back. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Entrepreneurship Tuesday on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is powered by We Energies, energy you can depend on. You're listening to Entrepreneurship Tuesday powered by We Energies. My guest is Fatima from the Five Points Art Gallery and Studios located at 3514 North Port Washington Avenue here in the great city of Milwaukee. So you've got on Friday, you've got a reception from 6 to 9 p.m., that's Friday, June 30th, at uh, the gallery on North Port Washington Road. This is America, and it'll be running from Friday, June 30th through the 27th of August. And so how, how did you figure out a studio? You've got art. You've got all these things going on. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out how art, became your passion like what was it about it that gave you that push so like I told you I'm self-taught so initially when I started art I was living in Chicago and I was banking and I was exiting that world and I started um painting as a release from duress and um I was giving away paintings at the time. I had a little bit more money in my pocket, and so I'm like giving them away. And they're like, if you can paint like this, why are you suffering with banking? You know you don't like it. Um, and so that's how it became my passion. It was easy for me. Not that it was not challenging, because it right, was. Right. But it was, um, I enjoyed doing it. I I even stayed up all night doing like a first piece, and I felt accomplished at what I produced, mm-hmm. but I was exhausted because I stayed up all night, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I think yeah. I can do this. And then I thought I could apply the technical business um, knowledge that I had to art, which it, it turns out to be an asset, but the art industry works a little bit different and makes up its own rules. Mm-hmm. And so I figured if I make good art and I try to sell it, then there's the market and blah, 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 blah. But I learned some, you know, along the way, some, some rules, but try to navigate it more, um, ethically and like um, more inclusively than the experience I was getting as I was really jumping into the the practice. So, so if I'm a white artist, can I come be in your gallery? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I've, um, 
um, I've exhibited some white artists. I mean, uh, the 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 gallery is primarily to showcase artists of color and other demographics who are right. marginalized. So right. that is broad. Right. Um, and so if if you're if you've had trouble showing your work, or or you do work that the mainstream gallery might say, eh, that's a little too ethnic for me. I don't really want to. You know, there's there's a there's an alternative that is open and honest and forthright in showing art in it in in the form of the artist, not just this is what I want. Right. Because many galleries tend to have a theme and we only take this art. The problem is it's never black art or the black art is put in a way that makes it palatable for white people instead of saying this is this is a reflection of me. This is who I am. And so with that, you you took uh, work to the city of Madison, Wisconsin, a while back. And there were some interesting things that occurred. And rather than rather than rehash it in through through my lens, I thought it'd be great to have you explain what happened when you went to a gallery in Madison. Okay, so last year I applied and was accepted as the first guest curator um, for the Wisconsin Triennial, which was held at the Madison Museum of Contemporary Art. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time they lent this position for the Triennial. And um, so I had to pitch a theme, and my theme was entitled Ain't I a Woman based off of the Bell Hooks book right, that I right. read, which mm-hmm. for me changed my life. So if you've read the narrative Bell around... Bell Hooks, absolutely. Yeah, and then absolutely. Her, she took the language and words from... Sojourner Truth. Right. And so within the space, all of these ancestors were honored, but the, the exhibition was to showcase black female or femme artists from Wisconsin. The All the works have to be Wisconsin-based artists. Okay. okay. And so I took the opportunity to showcase um, this demographic because we were overlooked. And again, with me traveling and then just knowing, I know a lot of different um, communities of art and different people but right. I'm like our stories are overlapping where it's like we're not getting love in this state but we're getting put on in other places and then people complain about you know brain drain and talent drain and it's like right. and you'll hear oh you all exist so I give wow. <laughs> the opportunity I use the opportunity I to can, show we I exist I can believe that and um, while the proposal was accepted and supposedly to meet a DEI or a diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, it was like heavily resistant. And so um, in actuality, so it was a lot of sabotage that went on. And, um, you know, people cho- showed their true colors, no matter how progressive they claim. Like it was, um, right. it was a resistant, a beautiful exhibition, but very resistant exhibitions. And there was harm done. Some um, artists' um, work got vandalized. An artist was like kind of assaulted and um, mildly assaulted, I guess, and um, kind of blocked from entering the, the facility. And they were a guest artist coming to do work within the museum space. And so um, I guess those true colors show. But those are like the resistance that the gallery gets to when you're trying to show, give visibility and right. opportunity and show that things can be done differently and then show them how much work like you claim you want to do differently. You want to offset historical um, narratives, narratives and, and stories that and aren't I'm, quite 
accurate. Yeah, and I went into meetings like, are you ready for this? I was like, I know what I'm getting myself into. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? And are you willing to do good? Meaning you might lose money up front or make some people mad for the good, the long-term good. And it's like, oh, they didn't really know what they... The answer was no. I mean, what they what they end up showing the the words were yes, but the answer was no. Mm-hmm. But then you were there to shepherd them through that particular the best process. I could. But I mean, it it ended poorly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they had the highest attendance for this show that they have had in years. It was like over six hundred fifty people who came to the opening mm-hmm. for the show, and then like continually throughout the show. They had consistent traffic that they needed. And then that's what they used to get more money to bring in other artists that they might value more. But, um, you know, like, look what we did. We had a black show and, you know, but they didn't respect the artists or the artwork. I mean, some people challenged the work and it was good. All the work was good. And and all the artists have, you know, esteemed resumes. And but we were still challenged. And so you decided to open your own gallery to to show those that were younger, those that were trying to get into art, those that were interested and scared. You know how sometimes we, we want to do things, but we just have to step out on faith and get it done. You so, actually did it. Well, my gallery existed pre this triennial, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was part of my resume and my application. Like, I've done this. I'm not afraid. I can do this. So it's up to you right. if you want to do it or not. But it's not just young artists I work with. That is... Um, a you know, a stable artist I work with, but I work with your mid and established artists too. And it's always about, um, again, that visibility. Um, I've given some people their first solo shows. Mm-hmm. I've given some people their first professional exhibitions. Right. And then um, some artists will take a break and they're, you know, reintroducing themselves to the market. So they're coming back and showing how they can get down too. And so um, I think it was a couple of years ago, you mentioned Daryl Melvin Payne, but I had an exhibition. He w- This wasn't a solo show. It was a group show, but it was called Don't right. Call It a Comeback. Mm-hmm. And it was for artists um, who are like 70 years or older because we live in a, a, an ageist society. And you think once you get older, like you're supposed to die and not do anything or they don't believe that you had a talent. And it oh, was, I know that. So it was to honor like, <laughs> like we not, this is not new to us. Right, We've taught right, you. Right. And all of them had teaching right. backgrounds too. Right. And the, the work was phenomenal. Um, they all got interviewed. And I think it was Black Nouveau who did a, a piece mm-hmm. on them. But again, just to highlight different demographics and markets that are overlooked and give them dignity and let them show themselves like we, we shouldn't be challenged. We sh- we're here. Um, and then give them a you know a soundboard to keep moving from there. Talking text line had a question as to whether pieces would be for sale. But before you answer that, coming to your gallery is free, correct? Yes. And so you're there to there to actually sell pieces yes. of art, pieces yes. of work. So and we, so there there will be things there for sale, correct? Yep. Most everything in the gallery is for sale, and we try to make the works as accessible as possible. So we do installment plans for works that are two hundred dollars or more. Um, and this is. Contracts with the artists, too, that they know they have to abide by this. And we try to work with the community. And that's the larger community. It doesn't matter what right. it is right. um, to, you know, have access. Um, original art costs more. That's what we sell as original art. We support living artists. This is a profession. This is a job. This is Correct. a livelihood. They have bills. They pay insurance, you know. And so this is what they do. 
And we try to connect that with the community so that there is cultural preservation in a way of exchange. Like a lot of erasure goes on through mm-hmm. art and that visibility or lack of thereof is a part of that. All right. So last question. Yep. Can you give me the three top things? So right now I just grew up and I'm in my teens and I decided I want to be an artist. What are the three most important things I need to do? You have to explore and practice um, and commit to something that you find passionate about. You don't have to mimic. Mm-hmm. And if you start with mimicking, that's okay. If that that's gets powerful. you, a, yeah, it's okay. And that's what you will see at the gallery. You don't just see right. what you were planning to see. Um, I, I'm big on learning um, like some business principles, like some accounting that will help you in the long run uh, because you are a business as an artist. You are a, self-employed person you are a business entity your art is your product and so learning how to navigate expenses and the bills and help with pricing and making sure you're getting treated and compensated fairly that takes time but just learning some real basic business principles um that's what i get called in a lot to talk about so my lack of formal art um, t- uh, learnings I get called in to talk to artists and other people about the business aspects and then the third thing market yourself you have to be res- resilient because people don't get it all the time you know even our families and that's why <laughs> <laughs> the the gallery is so important I, again yeah, I've given yeah. some people first solo shows or first professional exhibitions and not to you see someone on TV or in a gallery and you're like, oh, my God, this is real. Like, oh, you're I've even got, oh, you're a real artist when they come in the space. Like, oh, it looks nice. It's hung well. Like, it's a right, right. good user experience and the work is good. And they're like, oh, and then you'll hear I'm proud of you. And then you'll get support from there. But you have to kind of be resilient and like commit to it. So not just the physical practice. That's right. the technical. But like you got to build up your your esteem, they will try to knock you down. So, you know, and you can, it's okay to call on people to get picked back up, but it is a a long-term game and, you know, it's competitive, but. All right. Fatima, who is the owner, entrepreneur, and artist at Five Galleries Art, at Five Points Art Gallery and Studio, Fifth. Uh, 35, I'm getting everything. So you got me nervous <laughs> talking about art. 3514 Northport Washington Avenue here in Milwaukee on Friday from 6 till 9. There's a reception Friday, June 30th. This is America, an exhibit that will be running from June 30th through August 27th. Daryl Melvin Payne, Emmett Williams, Frank D. Robinson Jr., Kevin Boatwright, Khalil Kassar, Kamika Patton. Katavia Wright. Um, let me get So y'all be writing stuff too small. You got to use my glasses. El Kasimu Harris, uh, Luther Wright, Manir. Let me let me get the name because I, I said it earlier and then I forgot it that fast. Mahad, Bahadine. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, Nia Wilson, Rhonda Gatlin Hayes, Rhonda Gray, Sam Kirk, and Trey Miles. If you want to see great Black art from all over the nation, from all over the country, expressionists through just contemporary art. Just come in and check it out. 
Start this Friday from 6 to 9, June 30th. This is America at Five Points Art Gallery. And we have a caller. Uh, you got a name? Anyway, 833-212-1017. I, I guess you was going to leave, but now you can't leave. Because okay. now we got people that want to ask you <laughs> some questions. Eastside Corey, you're on the new 101.7 The Truth. Hi, how are you? Good. What's going on? I'm, I'm enjoying listening to Fatima and her struggle and her accomplishments. You go, girl. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an artist. I've been in the game for a long time um, in different um, avenues. I've also uh, been an art teacher and um, very interested in, your, in, your, um, in what you were um, speaking about. I'm very curious about your experience in Madison, which I thought Madison was supposed to be so progressive um, that you had some difficulty, especially with what sounds like a very powerful theme show. Um, I don't know if you want to, you don't want to focus in on anything negative, but um, how, in what way was the art deemed in other people's opinion, not artistically enough according to who? And was it just because they weren't used to seeing black art? Or, or what was their scale that um, they were trying to hold you to in this particular gallery? That's my question. So some of the, the I guess, negative feedback or resistance was some mm-hmm. might, some tried to guess and say that the work would be oppressive and depressing to them. And they had no, again, no experience with the, the cohort of artists or they didn't even know what, the, what work would be presented. And then, I mean, art is subjective. And so I've only heard a few people say, oh, I could do this. But you hear that no matter who what level of art artistry there is. Yeah. I've been to like your Uber top tier galleries and museums across the world and I've heard people like, Oh, my my grandchild can do this. So that didn't matter. Hello? Um Hello? and then um some people were resistant to the theme. They were mad that it was all black um, females or women then, um or femme based uh artists and they thought some I, for some it was like reverse discrimination <laughs> um and so it was just and then some people asked oh when were black women ever discriminated against or excluded from the art market and when are they discriminated based on race and gender in that intersection um and so my response is read the book i, I put the book out there you can read what was my um, inspiration behind the mm-hmm. the show and from impactful for my life, and then you will read it. You can resist what you're reading. Right, that's your right too. But you need to do the work. So it was resistance based on inherent ignorance, and you know, feeling like oh, I'm missing out on my opportunity or what have you. So what's the title of your book? Before we go. Oh, the book that I read was um, Bell Hooks, This Is it America. It was Bell Hooks, mm-hmm. and so that was your catalyst. Not This Is moved. America, I'm sorry. Um, ain't, ain't I a woman? Ain't I a woman? Black, black, black feminism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So remember, Five Points Art Gallery and Studios, 3514 North Port Washington, this Friday, 6 to 9. This is America. Countrywide artists coming in to give you a glimpse of art 
reflecting the African-American experience, the diaspora in this America. Thank you, Fatima. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming. No problem. Give me a couple months. we got to have you back in and tell us how things are going and, and what are the shows you have coming up, and we'll go from there. We'll do. All right. Thank you much. You're listening to Entrepreneurship Tuesday, powered by We Energies. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Traffic, sports, and weather up next. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Hey, Truth Nation, there's a fantastic event coming up that you don't want to miss. The award-winning 1017 The Truth is proud to announce our inaugural Truth Family Fest, Saturday, August 12th, Riverside University High School, right here in the city of Milwaukee. We'll be bringing community together for a family festival that will have something for everybody. There will be live music, uh, spoken word, food, Healthcare resources, free giveaways. Mark your calendar for this exciting event. Come out to enjoy the music, food, and fun. Our inaugural Truth Family Fest on Saturday, August 12th at Riverside University High School. We'll have more information on times and all that fun stuff and all the stuff you can do and all that. Also want to let you know, violence is a problem that affects us all. But together we can make a difference. The award-winning 1017 The Truth right here wants to ignite positive change, bring awareness to the senseless violence occurring in our communities. That's why we're hosting another inaugural program called Truth Walk Against Violence, led by none other than Tori Lowe, Saturday, July 22nd from Victory Over Violence Park. We're going to go down MLK Drive right to our studio at 3rd Street Market Hall. Over the next month, Tori Lowe will be talking to, speaking with, interacting with community leaders about how we can get better resources and work as a community to rise up against violence. If you want to join the fight to stop the violence, go to 1017thetruth.com right now. Sign up for our Walk Against Violence Saturday, July 22nd. So make sure you listen right here. We'll have information for you as we get closer to either of these dates. These are these are important things. We want to make sure we stop the violence, but we also want to make sure that we spend time that's positive and hanging out with each other and doing all sorts of things. So make sure you do that. Make sure you show up. Make sure you come have some fun. But remember that in the end, it's about having a good, positive and great community. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. We got to quit playing good music because I want to just let it play. And then I can't talk. Just... 833-212-1017 is the number. You know, a friend of mine's daughter was mocking me the other day. Every time I see her, she goes, this is truth in the afternoon. We Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. She always mocks me. I'm like, really, dude? Like, really? Like, really? Really? <sighs> I tell. I'm not going to say her name because she just graduated from high school. She's going to college. She's a college girl now. She's a college girl. I'm not going to even say what college she's going to. I'm just saying. She's a college girl. But, no, it's, it's, um, it's just a mark that people listen and people. Now, people will walk up to you and start talking to you about something you said on the radio. And, I, you know, like I, I looked at my. YouTube page, because every time I do an opening, I put it on my YouTube page and I put it on LinkedIn. And I mean, my last time I checked, which was probably, I don't know, a month, a couple of months, I remember the number 261. And I went, because uh, I was thinking, you know, I should go back and look at these and see some ones that are good. It'd be great to, you know, create them and build it out and make it into like a book. I could have a nice set of you know, these are things off the top of my head and, you know, Dr. Ken's truth and do that. And I looked over and I was like 261. I was like, well, I guess I'll think about doing that some other time. Because <laughs> I was like, how, how you going to, you have to sit and listen to about 10 minutes, 15 minutes of audio to figure out which one is good and which one isn't. And you wouldn't know till you get to the end. So then I go, okay, that was a good one. That was, so there, I would literally have to listen to one a day and it would take me like a year. So I said, no, <laughs> that was that. That was that. No, I, I need to go back and do. But it's it's just astounding the things that you do every day. And then somebody walks up and says, hey, you were talking about such and such and such. And, such. and I'm like, I, I don't remember when I was talking about like five minutes, like six or five. You could come. Hey, you were talking about such and such today. And I was like, really? Oh, I don't, I don't remember that. And it's not that I'm getting old or it's not that you just talk about so much stuff all day. I mean, imagine being a professor during the day, talking all day, being in meetings all day. <clears throat> Certain radio stations I know whose letters have GKB in them love meetings. So they meet all day and then you go on a talk show and you talk all day. And then somebody says, well, what did you talk about? I don't know. Like, I don't, or they're upset about something. I'm mad that you said such and such and such and such. And I was like, so when did I say that? You was on the radio like uh, 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 it was February. Oh. You, 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 today is June 27th. I'm actually supposed to remember that? Like, really? If there's one strength that I think I have, 
I'm a contemporaneous thinker and a contemporaneous talker. So you give me information, I'll reference it to what I already know and then talk about it forever. <laughs> so, which is why I got in trouble when people, you know, being in school. So I put an article on LinkedIn the other day about my seventh and eighth grade teacher, my middle school teacher named Mrs. B. I'm not going to say her actual name. I don't even know if she's still alive or not. I'm assuming she's not because she was in her 30s or 40s when I was in middle school. So, But then again, hey, technology. She could be 102 years old for all I know. And um, she used to always call me foolish because for some reason, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, for some reason she didn't like me. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know to this day why she didn't like me. To the point that other things would happen on the other side of the room and she would call my name and blame me. You know, you got to go to so-and-so's room and, you know, they, they used to make us write lines. I will not talk in class like 500 times. And, you know, idiocy like that, as if that made me stop doing something. It just didn't make any sense. Just made me a better writer. <laughs> and so she would constantly do that. And I just thought, hmm. Over time, I thought she hated me. But then I realized it wasn't me. It was her. That she had something triggered her when she saw me or talked to me or thought I did something. I don't know if I reminded her of somebody or I said something that reminded her. But she was pretty mean. And I can't say I forgave her. I was never really mad at her. You know, I don't I don't know what drama she had at home, what drama she lived through, what drama. I know she did. I know she was a breast cancer survivor. That I do know because she shared that with the class. But just the to know that other people can be going through things and instead of you getting mad at them, kind of give them some room. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe's show is coming up next. I'll be back in the 4 o'clock hour in the morning. So when you're out driving around and avoiding the smoke, which will probably still be here tomorrow, uh, make sure you uh, listen in. And then back at 7 a.m., we start the ball rolling again for the best radio in Wisconsin. God bless. Take care. Rhea, thank you. I'm out.